Hey guys, and welcome. I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis. It's time for you to stop coasting through life, and it's time for you to find your purpose. It's time for you to create your fate. Want to go to Greece together? No, seriously. How about the spring of 2023? That's right. My favorite yogi, Jose Portillo, and I are back. We are hosting our first international yoga wellness life coaching retreat in Greece. And you can pre-register to be one of the first people to apply. We are only taking 10 people and I would love for you to be one of them. So to stay in the know, visit www.letscreateyourfate.com and get on that list to apply. See you in Greece. Well, hello, and thank you for tuning into the Create Your Fate podcast. I have a an, like the most special guest today because it is my birthday, and on the day we are filming this, and I have my astrologer Lily Roddy on the call today, and she's going to share so many amazing things with you. Lily, welcome to my show. Thank you for coming on today. Oh. It's just my pleasure, Meg. Just happy to be here. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm. See, I told you back in one of our very first um, readings that I would be famous. And here we are, you know. So, And you believed me the whole time. So <laughs> it's just full circle here of, of coming on the show. Um, but you and I started working together, what, it's been three, two years? Two, two or three years. Two or three years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I kind of I kind of lose time because of the COVID. You know, it's yes. like a couple of years are missing from our lives. <laughs> I know it was during COVID. I remember that, but uh, again, that whole that whole time period is just lost on me. But it's been a couple of years, and I will say um, I had never had an astrology reading before I came and saw you. I think um, my friend Christy had referred me to you. And I, I remember not knowing what to expect. I'm like, what is this? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure, like, I'm down for whatever. And it was so different than what I had thought it was going to be. Um, and and I, I just wanted to kind of share that with other people because I know there's a lot of people, especially people who, who listen to this podcast, who are interested in it, but they just don't know much about it. So... Um, we can kind of just break down some of those facts. You know, what, what got you interested in it? Well, that's a question. Thanks for that's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> about a thousand years ago, uh, I was a waitress and, um, <laughs> and one of my bosses was, um, a guy named Steve and he got me interested in it. And like it, everyone I had a lot of questions I wrote them all down I would I would come to him every day with a list of questions and one day I came to work with my list and he put his hand up like this like no and he handed me (laughs) an astrology book and said leave me alone (laughs) leave me alone just read this instead (laughs) see this is pre-google it sounds like you know we can just google an answer you had to go to the person who was the source of knowledge you know so Oh yeah, this was like 1981, 82. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you read this, this book and you're and, hooked. Uh, you're hooked. It was um, it, it was it's an amazing astrology is an amazing uh, thing. Uh, typically, an astrologer 
essentially uh, learns how to translate the symbols. Astrology is an ancient symbolic language. And what astrologers do is we translate those symbols into English and uh, just talk about, you know, what it means and how it works. Uh, a natal chart, which is what most people are familiar with, or most probably most people are familiar with their sun sign. Mm -hmm, right. But um, because that's a regular cycle that we all can sort of see every year. The chart itself is a picture uh, of a moment in time, and it's based on your birth date, your birth time, and your birth location. And it generates a, a picture that um, that essentially represents your, your energies. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. More modern times, of course, we refer to the planets more as archetypes because uh, astrology has sort of taken a more psychological, sociological kind of move. Um, but before they were called the gods and goddesses, and it's a kind of, it doesn't matter what we call them. And yeah. um, so when I look at a chart, a natal chart, uh, I'm just sort of reading the energies that a person is born with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, of course, the planets continue to move. And then what any astrologer does, it's just looks at the moving planets, how they affect your chart. And then, you know, what impact that has on you, how long it will last, mm -hmm. which is primarily what I do. Yes. And, and because I'm, I consider myself a real practical kind of person that, uh, you know, I mostly focus on, you know, what I call love and money, which is just relationships and career. Yeah. Because yeah. That, that's mostly what everyone's interested in. I mean, you know, besides relationships, children, family, you know, those are probably secondary things that most yeah. people ask about. Right. Those are the two kind of like big, like heavy hitters. Um, and I think, you know, three, two or three years ago, however, I think it was three. Um, you know, I have not really had a romantic life and it's really not my fault. It's just where my stars and my planets are, according to you. So, you know, you just made me feel better about myself. So, um, very career oriented well, uh, chart. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's the timing of when things should occur. Yeah. So and that's so, kind of what we, we deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think a lot of people when they, you know, when I tell them I have an astrologer, they're like, what? You know, like you take that seriously or what is that? You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of what is that like a fortune teller kind of thing? And they think it's like this, you know, look into a crystal ball and I'm I'm going to tell you everything that you, you know, are going to to see. And how like let's let's talk about like the science of it and how it's so different than that because you just said you know we're looking at where the planets are and you as an astrologer has have learned and studied on you know how to in, interpret what that means so talk to us a little bit more right. about that the movement of the planets and everything okay well first of all if someone is a good reader okay whether they use a crystal ball or tarot cards or mm -hmm. tea leaves or whatever they may use palmistry yeah. Um, it's, if they're good at it, you know, you you will know, okay, because they will tell you the truth. Uh, astrology is based on planet movement, which is which is which seems more scientific, right? And has actual, 
you know, bodies in space that we we use in terms of how they move across the chart. And um, the most familiar thing, of course, is people usually know their sun sign. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's a sort of regular process. And then occasionally you hear when people say things like, oh, I was born on the cusp. Yes. Um, well, it, there's no such thing in astrology, honestly. As a cusp. <clears throat> it's just, right. It's just that people uh, haven't had their chart run and you're born very close to the time when the sun changes signs. But you're the, still the, that, you're still that um, sign, even if you are, quote unquote, a cusper or close to the date right. that the next sign right. is, you know. Um, right. Mm -hmm. Each sign is, is 30 degrees big. There's 12 signs, 12 mm -hmm. times 30, 360 degrees. So if your, your sun is at 29 degrees and 59 minutes of Virgo, you are a Virgo. Mm -hmm. In the next movement, you become zero degrees Libra. Yes. So that would, those are the indications. Plus, as we, you know, as we know, we've talked about this, um, every person their sun is in one sign, and generally speaking, Mercury or Venus, which always stay cl close to the sun, mm -hmm. are either in the same sign, the sign before, or the sign after. So you could be a Virgo and have planets in uh, Leo, or you could have planets in Libra. So you, know. you still feel and then, parts of, course, of that, but it's not your sun sign, yeah, it's you, not your, so when, when you say sun sign and we'll kind of, you know, just do very basic here, but, um, that's like, you know, that sign, like I'm a Scorpio. It's like where your, your birthday is in your sun sign. So what does your sun sign signify? Like, what is that? Where's the identity of the sun sign? Okay. Well, the, the sun is what we associate with, uh, our, our spiritual center, our light. Okay. Mm hmm and or god goddess however you would like to look at those things uh psychologically the sun is our conscious version of our ego and who we think we want to be the moon uh would be our more unconscious or our emotion a more deeper emotional ego mm -hmm. and would represent a different thing the sun would represent where we shine you know where we want to be you know as good as we can be yeah. So Whereas the moon, you have your moon sign. So your your moon sign is more who you really are. Then it's it's more about your internal stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, it's more about your internal emotional stuff. The sun usually is not representative of emotions. I mean, it can be. I'm not to say that, but it generally the moon represents relationships that you have that are based on domestic stuff. So it could be your relationship with women, your, it's obviously your relationship with your mom. Mm -hmm. And in astrology, there's like the big three, your rising sign, your yeah. moon sign, your sun sign. The rising sign is your outer personality energies. It's, it's really what people meet when they first see you, which can be any sign. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and then the other signs sort of uh, resonate with that. So, um, and then of course we all have every planet, every yeah. planet has a specific meaning. Mercury's a communicator. Venus is our, uh, planet of desire and relationships. Mars is our energetic, get out there and make it happen energy. 
And then we have outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and those tend to represent more group orientation rather than individual traits. Mm -hmm. So some things like the people you went to school with, for the most part, all of the outer planets are all going to be the same mm -hmm. in your chart or the, you know, your best friend when you were going to high school. Right. And, um, yeah. And, and I, so, okay. and so those, those outer planets represent our group orientation and how mm -hmm. we see ourselves within society. And that's where the, the, the inner planets are about. The, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you know, so you said the inner planets are just you as a personal, you know, yeah, they're personal personal. and then, um, in regards to the outer planets, that's where I saw this thing. It was on TikTok, um, so I don't know if it's true or not. But it was like, you know, it's, I can't remember what planet it, it was, but one of them's uh, like twenty years or ten years or something, where it's it's more like generational, even where like millennials were, you know, our Pluto was here and our Neptune was here, so this quote unquote generation is known for X, Y, and Z. And then same thing with like Gen Z. And then I think the next one is alpha will be known to do X, Y, and Z, you know, I was, I was wondering what they were going to call them. Um, well, according hmm. to TikTok, it was alpha. <laughs> so uh, don't quote me on that though. <laughs> so who knows? Um, a lot of that has to do with the, with the movement of Pluto through a sign. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pluto has, has a, a very elliptical orbit, which means it's just real stretched out. And um, and it moves fastest through Scorpio and slowest through Taurus. So um, I'm of the boomers. And, and what that means is Pluto was in the sign of Leo from 1937 to 1957. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so Leo is the sign of children. Okay. And, oh, interesting. And, uh, yeah. And so we're the we're the you know, the people that promote our ego. Of course, my humor about that is that we're the group that made uh, reading glasses and fashionable incontinent underwear. <laughs> OK, because that's what we're going yeah, to leave. Y'all with. I, I, yeah. And the fashion is just then, super important. <laughs> it Well, it is. And <laughs> yeah. And then Pluto moved into Virgo and that was from 1950. To 1972, I believe those mm -hmm. are the. Uh, is that I think that's the the Gen X. I think people. it's Gen X, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then and then Pluto moved into Libra from 1972 to 1984, and I believe those are the millennials. I always thought I was a millennial. I'm 86, but um, I don't. I don't and know. 86, and then from uh, 86 to 2000. 2008, uh, Pluto was in Sagittarius, hmm. and that was, and each one of those things have meaning right now. Pluto's been moving through the sign of Capricorn. Pluto is a, energetically in astrology represents death and rebirth. So there's often a big detoxing, a big cleaning out that hmm. goes on during that during that time frame. Yeah. So that's kind of where I think the the different groups are. Yeah, there's going to be more boomers than there's going to be anybody else because Pluto was in our sign for like 21 years. Yeah. And if you're a Scorpio and born in uh, 84, then Pluto was only in Scorpio 12 years. 
So that means a whole lot less people could be born with that sign. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. So when you, um, you know, when you talk about, you know, someone gets a, a natal chart reading and if you've never seen a picture of that, you can even just Google what that looks like. And I love how you described it as it's literally a picture, like a screenshot of like a picture, a moment in time. And I, I've never thought of that before right now. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense because when you were born, you know, your these planets are in this sign and um, there's all kind of these aspects that, that go into that. Um, what, if, if someone were, were to come get their, their first reading, where do you think, like, where, where's a good starting point where someone could grasp it, understand it and not get like, what is this? You know, is it with the sun, the big three or? Well, the big three sun, uh, moon ascendant is probably a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Um, An astrologer would always be better at it because we've just been at it longer. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know if that makes us better. Well, but, definitely more you know, educated just, and, and for sure. Yeah, we just had more time with it. But mm -hmm. um, each planet represents an aspect of, of our general psyche. So where Venus might represent our need for connection and our our desire issues like Venus rules love and hair and makeup and you know and chocolate and sugar you know <laughs> I mean I think I have a big all Venus. the good things, okay? <laughs> yeah whereas whereas Mercury is our communicator mm -hmm. and so that would be how we would get our messages across and if you were a, a Leo sun sign but you had Mercury and Virgo Mercury and Virgo would be a whole lot less demonstrative than than just the sun and leo so mm -hmm. the leo sun might want to shine you know big and bright but if your communicators in virgo then virgo is earthy practical realistic and you know and will tone down a lot of that because it'll go like is that necessary you know yeah so that's a, a good point of you know if someone is a Leo and they're like, well, I don't feel like a classic quote unquote Leo or this person's a Leo and we're totally different. It's because most likely, you know, their, their moon signs different and their, their ascending sign is different and, and their planets are, could be complete opposite. Right. And where they fall in the chart. So yeah. if you have a lot of planets that are in the top portion of the chart, which is the public portion, then your life is more public, okay? Mm. Whether you like that or not. I mean, you know, some people would obviously adjust to that. And the same thing is true. If you have all the planets in the bottom, then you tend to be more internalized, you know? And you're not going to be on the stage. That's just not your, it's not your place. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't. Yeah. <clears throat> but in terms of where are you the functioning the best? Mm -hmm. And then it, and then we have left and right versions of the chart, like in your chart. Yeah. Uh, everything is on the eastern side or the self self side. Yes. And so you're more <laughs> self-aware. And so it's easier for you to go, I like this, I don't like this. Yes. Where people that have uh, more planets on the western side of the relationship side of the chart, 
tend to uh, want to find common ground and want to find compromise because that's the nature of relationships. And mm -hmm. of course, and, you know, I always say this, that the universe has a big sense of humor because people that are very self-oriented are often drawn to people that are very relationship-oriented. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you 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 described that um, in, in our last reading together about you know all my planets around that the uh, the eastern side, and and I was I'm I personally identify as someone who is extremely independent and probably probably too independent at some points in time, you know? And when you said that, it was just like, oh my gosh, like all these light bulbs going off, like it's in the stars, you know, I can't help it. It's just who I am, you know? But so, you know, exactly. you and that's, and that's kind of where I want it to be. Cause I, I want people to go, you know, this is just who you are. You're yeah. not broken. We don't need to fix you. Mm -hmm. Can some things work better? Sure. Okay. But the reality is, is that if you're a self-oriented person, you're the self-oriented person. And mm -hmm. you bring other people up because you, you recognize the self in them mm -hmm. and bring it forward. So, you know, it's not in and itself. It's not negative. Yeah. It's just, and, it's identifying your strengths, really. You know, absolutely. And it's yeah. a, it sounds like it's a, and it has been it served me, but it's a great tool for just learning to understand yourself, you know? So here, I would say that that's probably like 95% of the reasons that anybody gets into astrology. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't think, think oh, I'm going to be an astrologer. Yeah. I was more like, what about me? You yeah. Know? Well, that's kind of how it was with me in, in the Enneagram, in the Enneagram coaching that I do. I just really got into it for myself because I finally felt like something um, explained why I did things and it made sense to me. And then it changed my life so much that I was I was felt called to help other people the same way where I'm like, oh, well, if this was a great tool for me, then maybe it's a great tool for somebody else. You know, and it seems like it's very similar in that you just become very passionate about it and then, you know, an expert. Um, so, you know, once somebody can learn to use this as a tool to understand themselves, what do you, like, now what? What do I do with it? You know? Okay. Um, sort of once you understand your basic layout of your chart and, you know, what's driving you and are standing in your way, um, then we get into the timing elements of what goes on. Uh, there are there's several ver versions of different timers. There's transits, progressions, solar arcs, age arc progressions. There's several methods to do timing. Okay. Yeah. And so what the timing does is it is it tells you, you which planet is being stimulated. Okay. So let, let me give you a real simple example. Um, I'm going to talk about Saturn. Saturn is the planet in astrologies that re represents authority figures, uh, your long-term security, and your career. Okay, And it takes Saturn about 28 years to go around the wheel. The Saturn return. I remember that. The Saturn return. <laughs> exactly. And so when we're born, Saturn is mom, dad, or government. Okay, you know, it's the authority figure. Mm -hmm. At 14 or so, then Saturn sits opposite self in the chart. And because, you know, this is a human 
process. This is when we all, you know, give our parents the finger and, you know, and think we know more. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I, I never did that. <laughs> mine lasted a long time, actually. <laughs> so, but yeah. That's right. Mine would have broken my finger. So, no, yeah. I didn't let them see that. Um, yeah. I know. I was a middle child. And so that's... <laughs> That's our first experience of trying to separate and gain our own sense of authority. Mm. So that when Saturn comes back around to where it was when you were born, our Saturn return, that's when we take on those energies and we step into our young adult roles mm -hmm. where people get married or divorced, start their career, have children, you know, whatever people are thinking that represents, you know, adulthood. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, uh, Surprisingly, 14 years later, Saturn opposes itself again, and that occurs during midlife. And so that's when we're all review, am I really happy here? Is this mm -hmm. what I thought I was going to be doing? Yeah. So um, the energy is, in a sense, is the same, but it, it's just a cycle, and that's how we use it. Hmm. And so, but we're looking at the, at the movement of all the planets so it's like looking at a clock with, you know, with like 12 hands. Yeah, right. And, and this is here. Well, this is all here. It's kind of like this big math problem that you're all like piecing, piecing together. And that's where everybody, you know, is, is so different, it sounds, because, you know, I could be, you know, I'm a Scorpio, um, Taurus moon and a Sag rising. Someone could have that same you know, big three, but it would be completely different based off of their age. They could be in a different generation. They could have, you know, their other planets all in these other places, you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's so interesting. So now, now you're looking at the movement and this is where we can kind of get into like the projection of, because we see where the planets are, we see where they were, Therefore, we also know where they're going. So this is where I, I think people get a lot of like tripped up of like, well, are you telling me my fortune? You know, it's like, what is what is an astrology reading actually look like? So when you start looking at the projection of the planets, talk, talk us through that and, and what that looks like in a reading. OK. I'll just make up one. OK. You can use so mine we'll, if you want. <laughs> OK. We'll, we'll, we'll share it with the world. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll use yours. There okay. we go. Oh, now all of a sudden um, I'm feeling very vulnerable. Why did I decide to do this? But no, go for it. <laughs> so let's say that uh, Saturn, okay, was uh, moving uh, to square your sun, okay? Mm -hmm. And what that would mean is that, and um, aspects, squares, trines, conjunctions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, these are angular measurements and relationships. Okay. Mm -hmm. A square is a 90 degree angle. So if Saturn was coming to square your sun, which everybody would do at least maybe two and a half or three times in your lifetime. Okay. Is Saturn is about the effectiveness of what you're doing. So a Saturn transit would ask you, are you happy? Are we progressing? Are we do we, are our boundaries good? Are we paying attention? Should we, should we be looking for another career? You know, is this the right time to settle down? These would all be sort of Saturn issues. So although people would look at that as prediction, uh, I look at it as inevitability. 
mm-hmm. rather than prediction because it's just it's just the planet moving to make contact and, and a lot of the of what that means is based on really sadly how uh, how big a vocabulary your astrologer has mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so you know so they're going to say what they think it means because that's part of what we do Mm-hmm. And but will it mean everything that it's going to mean to you? No way. I mean, you know, because it takes on so many different forms. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, uh, Saturn rules the skin. If you're having a difficult Saturn transit, you might have, and you're not paying attention to your boundaries, you might have a lot of skin problems. Hmm. Okay, because what does that do? That makes you aware that people see you and you want to protect yourself okay saturn rules bone skin and teeth so sometimes saturn transits are indicative of times to go to the dentist okay Hmm. or if you're older like me uh then sometimes saturn uh saturn rules arthritis so sometimes that saturn energy can bring in something else when we're older so Hmm. part of the interpretation side of it you know, from my point of view, depends on, you know, if I'm talking to somebody who's, you know, 18 and having a Saturn transit, I'm probably not going to talk about arthritis. Yeah, right. But they could still have it. I mean, mm-hmm. they could st- they could have beginnings of it at that mm-hmm. time. Just like unlikely and, and knowing the, the education behind that of what's going to most likely be relatable to that person, you know. That's why I like exactly. I like a, I like every time we meet, you know, the continued relationship where it's like, hey, you've you've yeah. seen you've seen me through a couple of different transitions. And I will say you've been spot on with every everything, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back. But it's nice to have that continued relationship where, you know, a little bit more background and stuff, too, you know, so just makes exactly. I, tangible. I, I feel real. Yeah, I feel real fortunate because I, uh, I have clients that literally I've been reading for them as long as I've been reading mm-hmm. charts. Yeah, and um, and now I'm reading for their grandchildren. That's cool. That's super cool. So, so you see a whole pattern uh, of of how planets look and how families work within a particular structure. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, honestly, it's. It's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, I, I can imagine. Uh, it's fascinating to me, and I'm not even the one doing it. I just know, like, a little tiny fraction of it and just my own, you know. So that's awesome. Well, you know, I think of this as I don't do my own plumbing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I call somebody else. So I think that, you know, for, you know, if you're going to get an astrology reading, you're going to want someone who's had, you know, does some experience and, you know, understands things so that and that they communicate. Mm-hmm. Not everybody who does astrology becomes a reader. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a whole other level of choice. Most people uh, use astrology to look at their partner, their children, their family, mo- their mom or dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, all things have charts businesses countries yeah you know so so sometimes i deal with people who are starting a business and i sort of make i try to help them i can't make sure of anything Mm -hmm. but i try to help them 
try to have a good business chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so let's um, let's go into the chart outside of ourselves. So, w- what would make a business chart their chart? Is it the day that they started, or does it have to do with the business owner, or what's a what is a business chart? Okay, well, just simply put, a business chart would be the chart that the day your business starts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. date, time, location. Okay. Um, and it would just represent the energies of the business. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the planets that, that you would, that would represent your, um, your business interests would be in prominent places in the chart. Like, um, I'm a cancer. Okay. And, and cancer rules home and family and food and all that other stuff. Well, I was a waitress and worked in the restaurant business 13 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did that, you know, and it, 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 I enjoyed it. It was nothing, you know, I see people sometimes online saying how horrible it is to be a waitress or something. And I'm thinking, you must not like people. Yeah. You you're know, you're in the wrong, you're not using your strengths. <laughs> Look at your chart. <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, you're in the business to serve people and to make them happy. You're, mm-hmm. you're, they're not there to make you happy. Okay. But yeah. that you can just tell my own attitude about that. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> right. It sounds like a whole other podcast, but we'll have you back on. <laughs> Responsibility. Yeah. So, so in your chart, you're about to do your Saturn-Saturn uh, square, and that would, and that's going to put you. Let's see, seven. Right around, you'll be right around forty-nine when that happens. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that would be, and that would be this time that you're sort of beginning to reevaluate where am I going with my career, what am I doing with it, and so you're sort of in this review time hmm. of you know what's working, what's not working, yeah. and you know, and essentially as an astrologer, I just go, oh, you're doing Saturn square Saturn. Mm-hmm. Typically, this occurs for everybody around this time in your life. This is an evaluation of where you're going. You begin to see your life in turn because you're older. Mm-hmm. Then we start to count time backwards because we're thinking, how much good time do I have left as opposed to when we're young and we just you know, think we have just all starting. the time. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a pretty spot on um you know, mentioned too is, is that's exactly where I, I have been just even, I've been very career focused for the last, you know, three or four years, I'd say, um, you know, my, so I'm just, I'm 36 today, but I got married when I was 27 and then like two months later I turned 28. And so I got married, but then also realized I did not want to be married in the same year, you know, with that, that 28. And that's when I actually started, um, teaching, teaching cycle, which was like this huge passion, you know, I was a dental hygienist before that. And like, I started this like whole new life, you know, and then did, you know, I had a couple of relationships in there, but, um, you know, for the past couple of years, it's just been like career, 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 career. And that's, I know a lot of our readings have been very career focused. And even now, you know, we were talking about the, the Saturn square, um, in, in this transition. Yeah, and I'm, I'm again. sorry, I meant to say 
that occurs between 36, 37, not 49. I'm I was going to say, listen, I pay a lot of money to my med spa. I better not look 49. Nothing against 49-year-olds, but, you know, I... Well, you should say you look 49. <laughs> you look fabulous at 49. That's true. I should say, yeah, I'm 49. They'd be like, What? <laughs> That's true. That's my. That's gonna be my new tactic because I've been going around today saying I'm 28. Um, but yeah, that's, I like that. That's that's good. I like that one. I'm gonna take it. But you know, I. Um, it, yeah, it's, and it's the, so true. And Saturn like, has been. Yeah, and Saturn has been affecting your chart mm-hmm. very heavily. It's been affecting <laughs> all of your Scorpio planets for the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and that's know, about it, how old my business would, is. Mm-hmm. like my rebrand of my, my business but you know and, and even so now it's like I'm in this place where I've been shifting right hey this is working this is not working um, let's do this instead I'm moving more towards this outlet versus this one and it's just kind of like figuring that out you know um, so it's again just very spot on and um, I would say you know as the receiver of the uh, the reading it's comforting too right where it's just it provides a level of comfort not where i'm not making decisions you know not like i'm not doing any type of action or sitting or whatever you know like for instance let's just take um i want to talk about some some retrogrades but you know the last time we spoke um mars is in retrograde and it was a very confusing time for me because I'm like, do I go this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, all, all these things. I'm trying all these things and nothing's working. And you had explained, well, hey, like Mars is in retrograde and I'll let you do the professional explaining of that. But when you explained it and you explained the timeline of that, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense for what I'm experiencing right now. So let's let's talk about the retrogrades. Um, you know, we'll we'll save Mercury for for, for, you know, we'll talk about Mars first because Mars is in retrograde right now. So tell us about the Mars retrograde. Okay. Um, generally, Mars takes about two years to go around the sun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in the very first time we do that, uh, in children, that's called the terrible twos. Mm. Yes, I have a nephew. He just turned three. So I'm very aware of that. <laughs> And I'm sure a lot of so readers can relate. <laughs> that's right. And so as humans, we do that every two years until we die. So we all have this Mars energy. About every two years, Mars goes retrograde, and then it, it gives this illusion of moving backwards. Uh, what's actually happening is the Earth and that planet are on the same side of the sun. That's what all retrogrades are. Mm. And... Um, and Mars is a planet of action, moving forward, that sort of thing. So when Mars is retrograde, that's a very difficult time because it's about sort of stopping and evaluating, you know, your overall plan. Is this working? You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're using the right energies, all that other stuff. And it can be frustrating, you know, or, you know, driving you crazy. Uh, it can make you feel on edge. If, if Mars is around, because Mars is our planet of protection. Hmm. But the Mars retrograde uh, is making us focus on the projects at hand rather than, you know, trying to put something new on our plate. 
Yeah. Mars will be direct in, in uh, mid-February, and then we'll sort of go back and things will be better. But mm -hmm. Mars represents, Mars is the initiator, so we never want Mars retrograde if you're trying to move forward. Move forward, yeah. And it's so funny because I, I coached a lot of um, small business owners, entrepreneurs, even, you know, leaders, and, and every person, I think before we had spoken and you told me about this, um, I was coaching and every there was this common theme where it was like, yeah, like uh, my my intake of clientele is way lower. Right. I'm not converting sales. I'm not um, I, I'm uninspired even. I'm not getting new clients. And for me, it was that I had this weird period of time where nothing, absolutely nothing changed in my um, my pricing, my program, my networking, like still in front of the same amount of people, the same type of people, the same group of people, my target demographic. But like these, I was expanding a little bit, I guess, further out of referrals. But um, all of a sudden, these new clients just stopped. Right. But my existing clients, you know, they were they were still there. But I was like, this is just really strange. And then all these other people kept saying similar things. Yeah. Like the sales are down, the sales are down, the sales are down. And it was very discouraging. Right. And then when you had explained to me what was going on with Mars in retrograde and you said, hey, this is a really great time to um, be with your existing clients and really just organize and research a couple like it's a organizing your research time, it allowed me to, I mean, alleviate some pressure where I wasn't really focused on what, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm good until February. Right. And it allowed me just to be open-minded about what I had at hand and I guess freeing up a lot of that worry and the concern and trying to force new client sales it let me focus on just these new ideas that really needed just a little bit more organization to launch, right? And when I mapped it all out time-wise with my capacity of what I, you know, planned for all of these business ideas, it was funny because they, they lined up to February, you know, and it was like, oh, this is perfect timing, you know? So... Um, it just from like the the and that and that's what helps is to know the clock to know the calendar yeah exactly and then you you react better and I always say you have our illusion of control is better yes exactly it just it alleviated a lot of mental real estate you know in there that I was dedicating towards well no I'm going to force this new client endeavor right and really go after new clients new clients new clients whereas you know if that if that's not the time for that then you just kind of end up getting more frustrated as you go on and and even more you know in this need for control and enforcing things so it just alleviated a lot of pressure and and freed up a lot of creative energy which allowed me to just create and, and organize and design some things Right. And, and I had the, you know, the privilege and the luxury of, of being able to, to do that and maintain, you know, my lifestyle um, until February, you know. So but let's talk and, about. And that's and that's what I try to do mm -hmm. is I just what I talk about is the timing. When is this going to be good? Is this good for relationships? Is it good for mm -hmm. a divorce? You know, should I be moving? 
Yeah. All of those things astrologically show up on, on, a, on really a timing. Yeah. And I've been asking you about moving for years predicted. and you're like, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But yeah, I mean, it's coming. Sorry, Houston, but Lily has spoken. Um, yeah, but like again, it just it alleviates a lot of, you know, we as humans, I think we try and worry about all the things at a time at one time. But I think this way it kind of maps it out where it's like, well, don't worry about this yet because you can worry about that in six months or in a year or in 13 months or whenever that is, you know. And it just is like, I don't know, it's just this, it alleviates a lot of um, pressure, I feel. So I, I do that very same thing for some business owners. Mm-hmm where I will go through literally the whole year and talk about when it's good for employee meetings, when it's good time for sales, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. when it's a good time to not have sales or, you know, not to push things. Right. Right. So, I mean, and that's my practical approach is that I'm trying to, you know, all I'm doing is talking about the time and, you know, when it would be the most successful or if you're in a bad time, you know, then we, you know, we don't fish, we mend our nets, you yeah. know, and yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like the mending of the nets time, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I don't, this is not the fun part. But if you accept it, you know, it still, it moves your business forward, which is the, I think the main purpose of, of doing things like that, you know, whether it be getting new clients or, you know, organizing your systems. But let's talk about um, Mercury in retrograde, because that is like this buzzword where people, you know, lose their shit over Mercury in retrograde. So we're not in one right now, but tell us why things go haywire. Okay. Well, symbolically, Mercury rules um, scheduling, uh, travel, um, our daily time schedule, our routines, and our habits. Mm. So, and, and Mercury goes retrograde three times a year. And the reason is, is that Mercury goes around the sun three times by the time the Earth goes around once. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. So if the Earth is here, then Mercury is, is like doing this. Boom, boom, real boom, fast. boom, boom. <laughs> so it moves real fast around us. Um, and... All retrogrades, all retrogrades all mean to focus on what you have on your plate and not to add more. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Mercury retrograde is great for going to a high school reunion, cleaning out your files, you know, getting rid of the crap in your, your storeroom. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great thing for that. But because it's dealing with the past and not the present or the future, uh, those things don't go well. So, so Mercury retrograde is is a time. And it's normally about twenty two to twenty five days long, mm-hmm. and it just represents a time to be more internalized and to focus on the things on task at hand. So, often I would what I always say it's a great time to take care of stuff you've been avoiding. So you know it's a time people clean out their closet or mm-hmm. you know it's. It's just a sense this needs to be organized, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. And then when Mercury goes direct, we, you know, we move forward on to our new things. But, for example, if Mercury's retrograde, uh, I would never tell you to buy a new car. Okay. Yeah. So, wh- yeah. Mercury why, why would you not, why would you not buy a new car? 
because Mercury rules transportation. So mm -hmm. Mercury rules cars and trucks and trains and, mm -hmm. and airplanes. So if you and, were to force that and do it anyway, is that when things go haywire then? Yes. Hmm. So a good question to ask during a, a, a Merc Rat is, what am I forcing? Hmm, very yeah. interesting. And what should you just sit back and let things kind of go on their own? Mm -hmm. There goes our favorite word, control, again. <laughs> well, I think that that's a big deal for humans. And, you know, we're, we're you know, not to, bar to borrow an old phrase, you know, we're the third rock around a burning <laughs> star. Okay. Yeah. So, I, so in the big picture, safety is, shouldn't be a concern. Okay. Yeah. Right. We're we're good. We're not in control. Yeah. That's right. Right. Exactly. That's really funny. You know, I again, I think I've been on this TikTok bender, but I saw this TikTok, and it was, you know, most people think like the sun is just, um, you know, stationary, and then like the planets all move around it, but it was because it's a star and it's moving. It was like this, the sun is like shooting across the universe and like the planets are all revolved around it and everything's all moving. And I probably saw things moving. Yeah. It was really crazy to see that visual, you know, uh, I think I probably saw it like six months ago or something for the first time. And I've just, seen it. I've yeah, seen the visual. It, and it's so cool to see, but then it does make you think of, whoa, well, this is, nobody has any sense of control. Like all this control that we think we have it's gone you know we no right it takes us about 66 million years to make one cycle in our in our solar excuse me in our uh, galaxy hmm. so we're in the milky way galaxy yes we're in the edge we're way out of we're in the, we're we're past we're like in the farmlands. We're kind of out in the boonies. Okay? Yeah. We haven't and even gotten takes, to the good part. <laughs> no, no. We're not even close to the black hole in the center. And so we're way out here. And it takes us about 66,000 years to make a whole cycle around the uh, center of the galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy. Wow. And, um, and all of those things are always significant. Um, mm -hmm. Every stone circle that they talk about is the zodiac. That's it, it, it. It's all it is. Okay. Now, I'm not to say that's not significant mm -hmm. that they're building calendars out of stone, which would make me go, why? Why are you building a calendar out of stone? Yeah. Because that must mean it needs to last a real long time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this uh, paper is not gonna. This cat, cat calendar on my wall is not going to survive <laughs> the, um, That's what, anything. <laughs> um, wow. So Mercury retrograde is just, it occurs three times a year. And, uh, and it's because people think that Mercury retrograde means to not do things. Mm -hmm. It just means not to move forward. It doesn't mean don't, you know, don't care, take care of what you have because mm -hmm. that's where you're supposed supposed to focus yeah internal. on all retrogrades don't add you know yeah don't um, add don't add got and it. all of the all of the outer planets jupiter uh, out all go retrograde once a year uh for about four months hmm. so it's a it's a very regular cycle uh within astrology and um and literally people have been writing about it for millennia mm -hmm. okay 
yeah. millennia. Huh. That's so, that's so interesting. So, you know, I want to kind of touch back on, you know, we talked about um, you can have your own chart, your business can have a chart, but then you also mentioned that countries can have, and, and nations can have charts too. So what does that look like? Well, we're a cancer country, July 4th, 1776, okay? Mm-hmm. And who's our symbol in uh, the harbor in uh in New York, uh, Lady Liberty, give me, give me your hungry, your tired, your sick, your poor. Okay. Hmm. So, uh, as a cancer country, this is what I noticed: is that we take every other country's food and make it our own. Okay. Because we enjoy everybody's food here. I mean, you know, it's like where do. You, what country do you want to go eat at mm-hmm. in Houston? Right. You know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. do you want Italian? Do you want, yeah, you know, and Houston's, Houston's so good with, you, you can find anything. It's like New York, you can find anything. You know, that's so true. Hmm. So the USA is a cancer country. Um, we are currently doing our Pluto return, and um, Pluto takes about 248 years to make a whole cycle around the sun. We are doing that as of 2020 when this started. And this corresponds to 1775. This is the last time that Pluto was in Capricorn. Hmm. Of course, we all know what happened during that time. Yeah. If you go back another whole Pluto cycle to 1513, when Pluto was in Capricorn, exactly where it is now, Henry VIII was king. And we all and, know what happened uh, there. <laughs> he, separated, he separated from the Catholic Church, created yeah. divorce, mm-hmm. uh, wiped out all the French Catholics in, um, in England. It was a huge, huge, huge time of change all over the planet. Hmm. And so these are, these are large cycles that we look at, you know, because obviously people don't live to be 248 years old. But um, the average lifetime, I did a lot of study on this, uh, um, of an empire is 250 years. Hmm. So Interesting. Uh, this is part of uh, this is part of the USA's death and rebirth cycle that we're going through of cleaning out and revitalizing the country, you know, when and as it should. I mean, just because, you know, we've been good for, you know, 248 years doesn't mean that, you know, it's not time to update things or Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to say all humans are created equal, you know, it could be things like that that wouldn't have to be, you know, massive change. Hmm. But, um, yeah, so this is this is a time where the USA is literally going through a death and rebirth cycle, which, of course, I mean, just listen to the news or hear people talk about their fears about that. And, yeah, you know, it's uh, and as an astrologer, um, you know, I mean, I could see it coming. And, you know, I had some clues of what it might mean. Um, you know, but it's, but, you know, I'm a person and, you know, it's only, I'm limited by what I know. Yeah, no, I think that's just, it's just so fascinating to think, I mean, when you think about the planets and the whole galaxy, it's just everything feels so big, right? So it's like, why would you not use something that's been around since, you know, the very beginning as a tool, you know? 
Um, so it just it just made sense to me, and I, I just wanted to to share that with the listeners because I know there's a lot of taboo around it, or people just have questions because they don't know, right? So um, I hope that everybody listening just uh, is as fascinated as I am with it, and um, you know, learn something uh, from Lillian. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, Thank you so much for asking. Oh, my God. Of course. We had to. We had to. Last time I saw you, I was like, wait, can you come on my podcast? (laughs) So, um, and you do, everything you do is virtual. So you can do readings anywhere. And um, the best way to reach you is just through your email address, which I will plug in the the bio. It's just lilycath at AOL.com. That's it. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, I, I highly recommend anybody schedule a reading with you, Lily, because um, as you can see, I, I'll see you in March. That's that's my next um, time I'll, we'll be getting together. But it really does, you know, it served as just such really great guidance. Um, and I tell people, you know, what our readings say, and it's so funny. They'll even come back to to me and say, remember when, um, you know, the stars say this, like it's happening, you know, and things like that. I'm like, yeah, it's so true. And it's just like a nice little, um, you know, reminder and just, you know, a sense of guidance and you can alleviate this quote unquote need for control. So, um, yeah, thank you. I think it, it helps, it helps people to plan. Yeah. Because yeah. if you can, if you know that your your business is going to go through a real difficult time, mm-hmm. well, then mentally you get prepared. You know, you're like, yeah, you know, you have a plan, right? And rather than trying to force something or resist something, it's just like, okay, okay, how can I? Uh, I really hate to use this word, pivot, but and really do what is um, kind of designed for this moment in time. You know, to best benefit me. Right. You know. And, um, no, it's been awesome. So thank you for everything you've done for me, um, on a personal, on a personal note, um, shout out to Christy for referring me to you years ago, (laughs) but, um, yeah, well, thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, tag you, you know, your bio. So in the bio, so people can, um, schedule with you, just reach out to Lily. And then I think the, the way I end my podcast is, um, I like to say something together with my guests and I'll, I'll run it back. And if you, if it feels like it aligns with you, then I would love to say it together, but it is expect good things always and they will happen. So would you do me the honor of saying that with me? Of what? Would you, would you say that with me? Expect, oh, I'm happy to. Okay, good. I'll, I'll run it back one more time. Expect good things always and they will happen. And I feel like this is so appropriate with the, all the astrology and everything. So um, I'll give us a countdown. So three, two, one. Expect, Expect good, good things, things always. And they will happen. And they will happen. You nailed it. So thank you so much, Lily. And thank you, uh, everyone, for tuning in and listening to our episode today. And we will talk to you soon. Schedule your appointment with Lily. And we'll see you soon.